Well, hey guys, Happy New Year! I want to wish you guys a very Happy New Year and thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to kind of have an end of the year show and I want to talk about a few mini topics that are all sort of interrelated, but uh, this show, you guys, is all about. Uh, you know, the new year and expectation, how to mitigate those expectations so that we don't set up our, ourselves for failure. And uh, I want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, post-holiday funk, post-holiday depression, how we get this holiday letdown and how we allow that to sort of, uh, you know, we don't, we don't allow ourselves to grow into the new year. Uh, robustly we have this tendency to kind of eke our way into the new year because we don't like our job or we're just not feeling motivated because we're not there with our fitness or we're not there in our lives and our successes and so I want to talk about that a little bit um, and then I'm gonna talk about uh, just getting something out off my chest uh, Rebecca had an altercation today at work with this uh, male co-worker who's her supervisor and I want to talk about that in an honest and mature and compelling way um, but at the end of the day you guys I want you guys to know how grateful Rebecca and I are that you're tuning into the podcast and that you're supporting Chef Fry Comedy and you guys are uh, finally beginning to understand what the spirit of the Empath Tribe is all about it's about empowering empaths. It's about empowering people who don't feel good enough in this world or feel like they're just barely hanging on to their jobs or barely hanging on to their mental health. Um, people who are, uh, you know, introverts, empaths, creative types, n- nerds, dorks, dweebs, whatever you <laughs> call yourself. Um, you don't have to be a. I consider myself a nerd. Maybe I'm a cool nerd. Yeah, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you guys, it's about all the people that don't quite feel like they fit in. Uh, we are trying to build a, you know, a tribe. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the land of misfit toys. Um, you know, we don't quite fit in the mold there, but together we we unite to become something beautiful and powerful and strong and, and positive. And uh, that's what I'm trying to build here with my empath tribe. And you guys, that's what I want to tell you guys all about in the next weeks and months. Uh, I'm going to be starting a Patreon page. I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel. And with all that, it's going to come very cheap, basic memberships. But you can really help me now. Uh, financially, I haven't earned one red cent over this, but I've I've sunk in thousands of dollars into this, and I, I need to get to a point where I'm making a little bit of money just to offset my costs. But every penny you spend will go back into the betterment of this show and the betterment of uh, surviving empathy and Chef Bright Comedy for you guys. So thank you guys for being a friend. Thank you guys for being uh, just the best. I've had so many positive uh, interactions with you guys. And so we'll talk about everything. And I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And to better times ahead. That's what it's all about. So grab a drink and grab a snack and let's begin. Well, hello again, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your illustrious host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And unfortunately, my wife is not going to be with us today. She had to work, unfortunately, on New Year's Eve. Uh, but I want to wish you guys all a very, very happy new year. 
and thank you so much for your uh, support and uh, just uh, you guys have been terrific and uh, what few of you guys have stayed around uh, you guys are the best and um, that's not to say that you know uh, I'm hemorrhaging uh, viewers but you know what the thing is you guys is that I am on my unbridled self um, I don't sugarcoat it and um, I don't try to c cover up who I am. I don't try to cover up coughs or uh, <laughs> clearing of my throat. I, I try to give you guys exactly who I am because at the end of the day, I think most people would appreciate that. You know, we're just we're living in uh, times where people are trying harder than ever to be perfect. And um, sometimes it just comes off very fake and very plastic and um while I'm all for uh, good sound quality, I'm, you know, I, I also want to give it to you guys straight. I think that's a part of what's important to me is the emotional honesty that it takes to show your audience exactly who you are, because that's what's going to attract people to you. That's what's going to get people um, invested in, in your show, in your uh, life, because uh, you're not trying to fake who you are at the end of the day uh, rebecca and i are exactly as we've shown you um we do get depressed we do get anxious we do have bad days and we are just regular struggling working class people um that being said my value isn't based upon uh how attractive i am uh, my value isn't based on my net worth, and uh, my value, you guys, <clears throat> is really based upon uh, the uh, sum total of what's in my heart, you know? And as cheesy and cliche as that may sound, it's the truth, you guys. You know, we have this tendency in society to believe that might makes right. We have this tendency in life to follow and subscribe to only the podcasts that have the most followers or have the most success. And all that does is per perpetuate the same injustices and inequalities that you and I claim to not like. And so at the end of the day, I would really strongly advise you guys not just to support smaller uh, podcasts like myself who are putting out thoughtful content, but to always root for the underdog, you guys. Always root for the underdog. Um. I'm a big fan of baseball, and uh, as most of you guys know, I'm a Dodgers fan. I grew up in California, and uh, for me, that was uh, the team that just always I gravitated towards because um, my family uh, came from Pasadena in the L.A. area, and so uh, to this day, uh, the Dodgers is where it's at for me. But um, that being said, um, you know, I love supporting underdogs, and that's why I got into uh, baseball up here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, up here, you know, it's all about the Seattle Mariners and uh, they uh, <laughs> talk about underdogs, boy, they sure know how to lose. <laughs> they even got to a point uh, a couple years ago where uh, they got new management and everything was being restructured and uh, they were losing all kinds of players. And then they got a team that was really doing well. They had this really oddball team. They were like, uh, the land of misfit toys, all these, you know, they had one guy that was from Japan, uh, uh, actually, I think two from Japan, and uh, they were such an odd team. It was all stitched together with all these guys that just, um, you know, were different, you know, 
And at the end of the day, I really appreciated the fact that um, what they lacked in um, perfect ability, they made up for in can-do attitude. They were just this ragtag, ragtag team of uh, of guys that were just trying hard, and they were getting there, and they were winning. And then um, because nothing, because it wasn't perfect, because they did a lot better than they were doing for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden they changed it up again. It's like, oh, you guys. Then they they literally cleaned up that whole roster and then got all new players again. It's like you guys, you like, you know, you you. And then they started doing worse than when they when they had that ragtag team of players. And so now that they have better players, they're actually doing worse. So you know, you just can't win. But my point is, is uh, always root for the underdog because. Um, Regular people need the extra help. We don't need to be giving more attention and more uh, money to people already got too much. We want to start supporting the smaller people, the the lesser known YouTube channels and lesser known podcasters and lesser known uh, people out there who are putting out really quality work and really putting a part of themselves into it. And that's what I'm trying to give you is I'm not just trying to blow smoke up your ass. I really want to give you uh, a taste of what it's like to be a real person living in the Pacific Northwest who struggles with depression and anxiety and who uh, has, um, you know, a, a series of successes and failures in his life, but has reached a point in his life where um, I feel like I have wisdom to give you guys, but I also, as an empath, feel like I have uh, this sort of connectedness to something, the cosmos, if you will, that gives me this uh, intuition that makes me sort of an old soul. And uh, the world is turning into this very busy uh, new place. It's shiny and new, but then the, the, the souls, there's, there's not enough old souls out there who who uh, can just keep things, you know, keep it, keep it straight, you know, keep it real. Um, but there are still, still a lot of good people out there. And I just think that um, uh, there's not enough people out there who um, we're giving all the attention to the, the already famous, already popular. And uh, we're not giving enough credit to the small uh, people out there who are just the up and comers. So please, you guys, you know, it's, you know, there used to be a time where, we used to think it was um, it was not fashionable to like things that were too popular, you know, like Nirvana. Now I love Nirvana, but there was a time where my friend he wouldn't he would not listen to Nirvana when they were popular because he's like, ah, eh, it's just overblown hype, you know. Um, and then once they stopped being so famous and popular, then he decided. <laughs> I think it was like 18 years later. He's like. He comes up to me, he goes, you know, that Nirvana is pretty darn good. It's like, yeah, that's why they're so famous. But at the time, it was just, they were so huge and it was just so overblown that it just took away some of the allure, you know, the part of the fun of liking some bands and liking some books and liking some movies is that they're more indie, they're more independent. And there used to be a time where uh, people used to say a lot, don't be a sellout. You know, don't be a poser. You know, I grew up in beach communities where don't be a poser. And what that meant is, is don't sell out, man. You know, uh, always stick it to the man. Always do what's right for the little people. And um, don't give too much weight and credibility to those just because they're wealthy or just because they're famous or just because they're popular. Sometimes that, that fame is deserved and earned and sometimes it isn't. And so it's always about 
you know, trusting your instincts and not being a poser. Just, you know, give credit where credit is due to the good people who are broke. The YouTubers who are living in apartments, the, you know, people like myself living in mobile homes who are trying to, uh, you know, make the world a better place. Listen to your conscience and let that be your guide. Okay, so enough of that. So I wanted today uh, to be um, a happy New Year episode. And I want it to be all about uh, some of the things I've been thinking about um about the holidays and about the new year and what that brings and and how to think about it all. Uh, but first, I wanted to tell you guys about what happened today. So first thing, I wake up and uh, my wife, you know, she she has three days off and then she has to go back to work. But she she called she called out on Monday. So she had four days off and then she had to go back to work today. And um, usually that's not a big deal, but she's just a little burnt out because the holidays are so darn busy and she's just tired, you know, so she gets to work. And then during that time, I find out that Betty White had passed away. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, she, my wife calls me all upset because this guy, Adam, whoever that is, I, I know who he is and I've heard of him, but he's a lead cashier there. And apparently he's 40 going on 15, you know, and he's just, he's one of those uh, supervisors that um, just antagonizes people and uh, ridicules people and he just gets under people's skin and uh, he got under her skin and he was giving everybody a hard time and she started crying and she was really pissed and she was thinking of like quitting her job or coming home she was pissed boy she called me crying and you know she's like I want you to come down here and kick the shit out of him man he's such a dick you know <laughs> but at the end of the day of course we're not going to do that but you know it's just to see her upset it just really tore my heart up, you know, because my wife works so hard and she tries so hard and she gets so little out of life. And we both, we get so little out of life. We don't ask for much. We don't ask for anything. We are the underdogs. We are the living, breathing example of being good people, not because there's some inherent worth in it, but just because we want to be good people and want to do the right thing. Um, and so it just tore my heart up to see her like that. And uh, I tried to tell her to calm down and, you know, fuck that guy. And <laughs> anyways, to make a long story short, she eventually talked to the manager and was able to calm down and uh, get through her day. But at the end of the day, you know, that is exactly, you guys, why I got so tired, 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 tired of going out there and working these no go nowhere jobs. Because it's it's not because I think I'm too good for it. It's because at the end of the day, you guys, it's all about letting your spirit fly, and that's uh, comes to my first topic. So, um, so uh, I, I have here um, uh, a bunch of things that I want to talk about, but um, uh, we as a culture, um, we're becoming. Uh, corporatized and homogenized into a society that has no choice but to go out there and work these jobs that are being controlled by corporate America. And they're getting meaner and ruder and crueler. And I don't want to, you know, go too long on a tangent about that. But um, at the end of the day, you guys, 
um, what it boils down to is that we cannot, as a culture, uh, be empowered as people when we let these systems control us. And so I got to the point where I myself was like, you know what? Fuck all this. You know, I worked at Lowe's. I gave them the be- some of the best years of my life. Um, I was always doing the right thing. And you do that time and time and time and time and time again. And every time um, your kindness is mistaken as weakness, uh, you are uh, just, you get to the point where you get tired of kissing ass. You get tired of having to play nice in a system that doesn't play fair. Because they choose their favorites and they groom those who they think they, they kiss... Th- that are asked just the right way. And then they groom those people to be their supervisors and bosses. And at the end of the day, uh, maybe some systems do better than that, but all, all I've seen is in, in these corporate jobs is just the biggest posers, the biggest fakers, the biggest plastic fake people are the ones that get the jobs. And then the real ones who keep it real are always the ones stuck having to deal with their pompous, arrogant attitudes. And that, my friends, is just, it will not do. It will not do. And um, and so, you know, my wife, just to finish that story, <clears throat> you know, she, she's, we moved up here to Oregon because, frankly, we were, uh, our lease was ending and we had nowhere to go. We were going to be homeless. And it was either buy a really cheap, crappy mobile home on the central coast of California and live literally in an oversized Pepsi can or allow that money to purchase something nice somewhere else out of state. And so we had to make this really hard decision of moving out of state, uh, <clears throat> frankly, and we didn't want to, but we did it because we had to survive. And so we came up here to start a new life. We came up here to better our lives. And all I saw was roadblocks and dead ends everywhere and the times that i decided okay i'm going to talk myself into a job i'm going to talk myself up and i'm going to go out and interview and i would go to these jobs and these interviews would go just so weird you guys these guys people people talk such trash they think so highly of themselves and they think they're so great and they're so perfect and they think they have the right to judge you they think they have the right to to be better than you and they just talk 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 and they always think that they're superior to you. And frankly, you guys, it just gets so tiresome to deal with people who aren't mature, who aren't playing with a full deck, who think so highly of themselves. And finally, I got to, there's this one interview. This guy was just talking about how, oh, I've heard chefs talk about being tough in the past and blah, 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 but it's all talk and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, how do I know you're tough? You know, I said, I'm a veteran. I'm an airborne veteran. And I was a chef for 10 years. And I worked in some of the best restaurants in LA, Sacramento, Salt Lake City. I said, so you can sit there and judge me and tell me I'm not strong enough and I'm not, uh, you know, passionate enough and all these things. I'm not technically skilled enough. But at the end of the day, what makes you so superior, man? You know, and that's the thing, you guys, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm tackling religion, I have nothing against religion. I have nothing against people getting uh, faith and humanity and hope out of uh, organized religion. My problem is that as soon as somebody takes that religion too far, it becomes a form of zealotry. 
where they think they have a badge. They think they have this shield that makes them magically, supernaturally superior to everyone around them. And at the end of the day, what that does is it produces uh, people who believe in magical thinking. They believe that they have some special access to Jesus, some special access to God that the rest of us aren't allowed to have. And then they think they're protected by God. And that works for a lot of people. I think a lot of successful people believe that because that positive mental attitude uh, creates success in their lives. And so what I'm trying to teach you guys is that I have nothing against religion. It's not the religion that's the problem. It's the people who practice it. So most of our systems would be fine if we had people that were mature enough and smart enough and kind enough to understand that we don't put you in these positions because you're superior. We put you in these positions because you've demonstrated that you have the, um, the trust worthiness, the, the, the character, the maturity to handle yourself in a, in a, in a, a supervisory capacity. And I've always tried to say, I've been a boss many, many times and I never got a big head about it because the truth is, is I know that supervisors are put in this unique position to uh, advise, to counsel, and to to uh, give people hope and promise that they're valued. And, and the best workers always come from places that, that push positive reinforcement, not negative reinforcement. And so you always end up running into one or two bad apples out there that really do kill and spoil the uh, culture of every job out there. And I always, I must have a fucking knack, you guys, because I can honestly say that most jobs I've had, uh, you end up running into the worst people. And I know there's good people out there. I know it. I see it all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, um, hold on, you guys. Okay, sorry about that, but I wanted, my, my wife is texting me and she's having a hard day and I wanted to make sure that I could uh, address her issue. Um, so, uh, at the end of the day, um, we work these jobs because frankly, we don't have a choice. Um, and we're put in situations, and I always say, try to avoid you guys getting into situations where you have to work with the general population of society. Because they are the lowest common denominator of intelligence, class, dignity, education, etc. And that is not to say that there aren't good people there. They're always, you know, thankfully Rebecca works with a pretty good crew of people, but there always seems to be one or two poison pills there um, that just make it much more difficult than it has to be. And so uh, that's my point is that when you prop up these corporations, um, it makes them arrogant. It makes them uh, do god-awful things where the quality gets worse and worse and worse. But anyways, the point is, is, is that Rebecca and I deserve better than that. You deserve better than that. And most of you guys are probably working regular jobs just like us. And so I want you guys to think very critically about what you can do to achieve your dreams and goals, all the while still having one foot 
in that corporate world or that regular Joe job world, because you got to pave your way. You got to pave an exit ramp eventually. Now it might take five years. It might take 10 years, but at the end of the day, um, we cannot change corporate culture. We can only force it to try to adhere to our values. But so long as they have more money and more leverage over us, we cannot get them to appreciate the backbone of of their uh, wealth, which is the labor, the regular working people. And that's who I am. I am a working class hero working for working class heroes. And so I believe in hard work. I believe in paying your dues. I believe in doing the right thing. Um, but I also believe that at a certain point, they can manipulate you. They can, they can get you to turn on one another. They can get you to accept lesser and lesser pay and lesser and lesser quality of, uh, of, of, of treatment, uh, because the world is becoming so difficult and competitive that there aren't, jobs aren't growing on trees, you guys. And so at the end of the day, we, we tend to accept, uh, more and more fucked up bullshit, uh, because, uh, frankly, we don't have a choice. And, um, to get back to my story, we, we moved up here, you guys, to escape persecution because the California, for all its greatness and good things, there's a lot of great things about California, but one of the things that it, that it, it's not good at, it's not good at managing money. It just gets more and more expensive and it gets more and more elitist. And those attitudes start to perpetuate this cycle of entitlement and um, wealth. And uh, while I got nothing against success and wealth in and of itself, it shouldn't change a person. And so that's why, you know, when I talk about wealthy people, uh, there's some that I think are doing great work and there's some that aren't. But at the end of the day, you guys, uh, I'm getting sidetracked. The point is, is that Rebecca uh, deserves better than to be mishandled by some poison pill uh, just running his mouth at work. And she was so upset. And I just, I wanted to run down there and rip this guy's head off. But, you know, we can't do that. Obviously, it's illegal and it would... She would lose her job. And so, of course, it's just thinking, thinking. We wouldn't actually uh, act upon that. But, God, sometimes you want to because it feels like the only way sometimes to earn the respect of some people is to earn their fear. And um, that shouldn't have to be a thing. You know, we should hopefully we're earning the respect of people through our kindness through our generosity, and through our values. Um, but some people are sociopaths, or some people are just thick-headed, you know? Maybe they're not sociopaths, but they're just immature, and they're trying to enjoy their lives, and they are they enjoy, they get some sick pleasure out of fucking with people. And so those people, whether they're sociopaths or not, they're they're hard to deal with, and we all have them. We all deal with them. For me, I just got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I am sick and tired of starting over because like every time you go up the totem pole and you get higher up and higher up and then you change jobs, guess what? You go right back down to the back of the line. And I just cannot accept that. It's not about ego. It's about at what stage of your life can you finally arrive at a place deserving of all that you've put into life? Kindness, wisdom, Blood, sweat, and tears, maturity, emotional honesty, 
and goodness. And you get to a point where you deserve better than all of that. And so I just feel like we've all sort of acquiesced to their tyranny. And I just, I wish there was something we could do about it. And it reminds me of that board, that meme where if we all stand up, the game is over because the, the board tips off of your back. It's kind of like that, you guys. We need enough people to create a movement, uh, not to um, <clears throat> upset the balance of life, not to be radical, not to be uh, off the, the you know off our, a rocker or anything, but simply to acknowledge objective reality and to fight it. Not as liberals, not as conservatives. We get there is too much infighting. There's too much fighting between uh, left versus right in this country. We need more have versus have not in this country. If we, the have nots, and I'm not saying you have nothing, but if you're not independently wealthy, if you depend on a regular job to make ends meet, then you are a part of the have not culture. And that have not culture should not feel uh, less than, it should not feel like it has to uh, go to work and, and be made to feel uh, absurd or silly or abused uh, or exploited, that, that will not stand, you guys. It just won't. And so, you know, I just want you guys to understand that the reason why I'm doing this is because I want to fight for those who don't have a voice. I want to fight to stand up for what's right. And I will not be the most beautiful among us. We, I will not just pander to your sensibilities, I will say what is necessary to be said so that we bring about uh, the truth, no matter what. That is what this is about. So, uh, so you guys, at the end of the day, just hearing my wife sobbing and, and pissed, you know, she gets sobby when she's angry, and she finally she went in and she talked to the manager, and she was able to, uh, you know, do something about it. But at the end of the day, you guys... It has to do with the fact that we put immature, inexperienced people into positions they are not worthy of. And those people seem to get ahead while some of the more experienced people don't get ahead because they don't want to tolerate insanity. They don't want to tolerate uh, mistreatment. And so that's where I'm at. And so, you know, when I moved up here, I wanted to get into radio. But I couldn't because radio, there's really hardly any jobs around and it doesn't pay anything. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm going to create my own life, my own world, and I'm going to uh, create my own sense of self, my own sense of worth. And so that brings us into the topics here. Uh, let me, let me take a look here. Okay. So, so we always have this tendency in the new year to do our new year's resolutions. And we always say we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And um, while that's not always a bad thing, um, this is kind of a twofold topic. Um, at After any big event, whether it be um, Christmas or New Year's or uh, some holiday or uh, maybe a family gathering, we always kind of have what's called, um, uh, you know, we have this uh, sort of letdown moment where uh, life, 
the magic of the situation goes away and then we're forced to get back to regular life and that regular life can sometimes feel mundane whether it's going back to your job or whether it's you know all your family going back home after the holidays whatever the case might be um we get these letdowns right and those letdowns can really really affect us we get depressed we get uh, you know just bombed out and uh, we we lose hope and uh and so I want you guys to understand that um, that is perfectly natural. Uh, my friend Idris, one of the fans of the show, she um, all she's got five children, and uh, uh, many of her kids and grandkids came for the holidays. She had her uh, daughter Laura uh, that was that was there uh, all the way from November until now, and uh, she got accustomed to her being there and her kid. And, uh, and it was just this really fun, festive family thing. And now, uh, now that they've all gone back home, she's feeling kind of, you know, a little bummed out about it. And so I, I wanted to address that because I think that's perfectly normal. Um, I get that way a lot. I get that way after, uh, think, uh, I get that way after Halloween because Halloween, there's such a buildup. And then nothing really happens because we don't have any trick-or-treaters and there's really no, especially during COVID, there's nowhere to go. And so at the end of the day, you know, it comes and passes, but sometimes it'll leave you feeling a little down, you know. Um, we have a tendency to do that in our culture because uh, we we put all this, uh, you know, uh, expectation into a holiday or into an event. And then when it's over, we go back to the mundanity of our life. I got to burp, you guys. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had to pause and burp. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking an energy drink here. Uh, sorry. I know. TMI. But we um, we have this tendency, you guys, to sort of um, just put too much expectation into things. And while we should all try to be positive and try to see the uh, the, the good aspects to things, at the end of the day, when we don't mitigate our expectations they have a tendency to bite us in the ass and so what i would offer my advice is is that to mitigate your expectations because um when we don't we set ourselves up for failure and so when it comes to um new year's resolutions um i still do them but i do them with a caveat I don't say, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds or, oh, I'm going to get super buff or, oh, I'm going to become super uh, popular on the podcast. I'm going to do all this big stuff because if you don't meet the mark and you don't, uh, then you, you kind of, you don't give yourself enough credit for what incremental progress you did make. And so at the end of the day, um, I try not to, um, set these grandiose, uh, things for my New Year's resolutions. I simply, Tell myself to um, stay the course. You're doing good, Brian. So keep doing that. And so my New Year's resolutions is to continue doing the show. Continue uh, in your growth as a podcaster and in your growth as a person and personality. Um, but also continue uh, being yourself. You know, I know that I'm going to lose some people uh, because I'm just frankly not going to be everybody's taste. But like my friend and I discussed, um, some people you're go- they're going to lose, um, but you're going to gain others. And um, it's not about the quantity of people that follow you. It's about the quality. 
when you create a, a tribe of people that know you and understand you and relate to you, um, you don't need hundreds of thousands of people in your corner. You just need a handful of good ones. And so I'm hopeful that over time uh, that I am attracting the right kinds of people, uh, kind-hearted, uh, hardworking, sensible, sensitive, kind-hearted people, but who want to learn how not to put up with people's bullshit. We should not have to live in a society of of, of punitive uh, harshness. That That is a thing of the past. Um, a lot of people are sold on this belief that 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 hardship equals, uh, you know, better, stronger people. And while that can be true, I think there's a balance to maintain there. I've talked about it before, where we need our society to be strong and tough enough to to for people to learn the value of a dollar, to learn the value of a job, uh, to not take things for granted. But when it's too hard, uh, it becomes punitive, and that punitiveness becomes, uh, you know, uh, negative reinforcement and that reinforces people to, uh, to feel like uh, giving up frankly you know and so we need hope we need there to be things to look forward to betterments improvements incremental progress and so we need our society to create enough opportunity for people to feel like not giving up and we're getting to that point where we're starting to see these jobs these corporations Finally, uh, relenting to uh, a better wage, better treatment. Finally, they're starting to close during Thanksgiving. They're they're finally starting to get that we don't want you to be open all the time. We don't want you to mistreat your employees. We don't want you to uh, exploit these people for our benefit. We want to see your employees have a good quality of life. And when that uh, quality of life uh, to work balance ratio is met... It creates happier employees and those happier employees will work harder and they will think more positively about their employers. That's what we're talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, boycotting. I'm simply talking about if we can't get rid of injustice and inequality, we can force them to acquiesce to our values, not the other way around. So we do that by uh, holding the line. You hold the line of your values. And um, the way you do that is is always vote and root for the underdog and always uh, just be about real people. Um, people who have succeeded, good for them, but they've made it. They're no longer in our stratosphere. We don't have to worry about those folks anymore. We don't have to worry about Joe Rogan. We don't have to worry about Scarlett Johansson. By the way, I just watched Black Widow. Great movie, by the way. Um, but we don't need to to uh, uh, bolster their success. We can treat them with dignity. We can treat them with respect. Um, you know, I'm talking on social media, but we don't. You know, we don't have to hate them for being wealthy. Um, we just simply need to try to create a world where we regular people too uh, have access to the same. Uh, uh, opportunities to success as they had um because at the end of the day yes sometimes uh, you know actors and actresses have to eat top ramen for a few years before they make it um but a lot of them aren't um you know this idea that you have to suffer forever in order to be worthy 
Um, it depends. You know, uh, there are some people that are just given too much success or given too much credit, you know, especially people already born into wealth, born into opportunity. Um, they don't, you know, they already have their luck. <laughs> we don't need to bolster their success. They're already going to be successful because they're already popular and they're already famous. It's like podcasters who are actresses. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, who I adore, uh, started a new podcast. I'm sure her numbers are greater than mine because she's already has this built-in audience. Um, and while I'm not jealous of that, um, we don't need to give more treats to those who already have uh, too much on their plate. You know, we ne- we need to make the world more equal. Okay, so um, so yeah, mitigate your expectations. Uh, my re- New Year's resolution is to continue. Uh, working out, continue getting stronger, uh, continue uh, c- staying in balance with my fibromyalgia, staying in balance with my migraines, and that includes uh, eating right, not too right, but eating, just staying within balance. When I get my life out of balance, then uh, my fibro goes out of balance, and my migraines go out of balance, and so staying in balance, that's what it's all about. All right, so... Um, I got here, transitioning out of old ways, change is hard and sometimes takes a few tries. And I refer to like smoking or drinking. Uh, When I quit drinking and smoking back when I was about 30, um, it didn't happen the first time, you guys. It took several tries. And so what I would say when it comes to any form of success, when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to a new job or a new podcast or a new Etsy shop or whatever you're doing to try to succeed in this world, uh, don't give in to those uh, negative thoughts because it's so easy, you guys. So what I would say is, is keep trying. Uh, failure is nothing more than success practice. And that's what it is. Um, my friend says this. Uh, Thomas Edison failed 99 times to invent the light bulb, but on that hundredth try, he succeeded. And so that's what we should be doing. Don't think about a failed uh, job interview or, uh, you know, a failure at, at school or, or work. Uh, don't think of that as you're not smart enough or you're not good enough. Uh, you're not worthy enough. You are. It has everything to do with uh, eventually you will come into your own. And uh, that is when you start you start falling into who you are, that, that it factor. You will have that it factor when you have the cojones, when you have the balls to be yourself no matter what. Um, and you're not going to be for everybody. And that's just like me on the show here. Um those who have gotten to know me know that I'm kind and I'm positive and I'm generous and I'm trying to start a movement. Um, but they also know that I can get, you know, cranky and moody and irreverent. Um, but that's normal. That's natural. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like a cross between, uh, George Carlin meets, uh, Mr. Rogers meets, uh, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain. You know, I, I'm just a, a mix of, good cheer and uh, elevated thoughts and uh, irreverence and that's who i am and i will lose followers because of that 
but I will also gain followers because I have the balls to be myself. I think when you're really yourself, it it shines through in everything that you do and it shines through in everything that you are and you will attract the right people by doing that. So please don't give in to society talk. Don't give in to defeat. Uh, you will find yourself when you have the courage to fight for what you believe in and to fight for being your unbridled self. Okay, so that's what I'll say about that. Okay, so next year I have give yourself to a cause greater than yourself. Now, a lot of people get that through religion, and if that's your thing, hey, go for it, you know. Um, what it has to do is, is they often say in Alcoholics Anonymous to surrender yourself to a higher power. I'm not talking about that necessarily. That might be okay for some, but what I'm talking about is, well, like Batman. Batman says that anybody can be Batman. Batman is a symbol. Give yourself to a, something greater than yourself. And so the empath tribe is what I'm trying to do here is giving myself, surrendering myself to a cause that's greater than one person. I am not special. I am not the leader. I am simply uh, one of many influencers and, uh, uh, you know, just I am one person trying to make a difference, creating a coalition of people, of like-minded individuals who, who like me, are frankly tired of going nowhere in life and tired of uh, not being given any credit and uh, not being given any kindness or compassion. And so we we want to start our own tribe uh, and we want to acknowledge people's uh, progress. We want to acknowledge people's growth and strength. And so we will never, ever ignore when others are doing and trying their best. We should always do that. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, Give yourself to a cause greater than yourself. It could be a lot of things. Uh, it could be to your family. It could be to a movement that you believe in. It could be to a cause. My cause is about empaths and speaking uh, truth to power and to fight for what you know is right in this world. And, uh, you know, even if it's an unpopular opinion, you know, I don't believe it, it's wrong to stick up for what's right in this world. And, that's not to say that I think, you know, everybody and everything is misguided, but I do believe our systems are inherently failing us. And so if you want to succeed in this world, keep one foot in that arena and keep one foot doing your own thing. And I assure you, the one that, that seems to be working out, the one that feels most right, that's the one you'll fall into and that's where you'll find yourself. So uh, give yourself to a cause greater than yourself. Okay, um, I want to talk about uh, punitive and litigious societies. Um, every once in a while, I start to see our political discourse, uh, our the articles and the news that you read. Uh, man, boy, are we becoming a mean spirited bastard of a society, <laughs> and um, and that's why uh, you know famous people have to have lawyers. Uh, they have to protect themselves from regular folks. That's why, uh, you know, all doctors and professionals have to have insurance uh, because there's always somebody out there looking to fuck us over. Sorry to say it, but that's what it is. 
There's always going to be somebody out there uh, who's misguided, who's uh, radicalized, who's a zealot, who's uh, overly passionate. And they will get inside their mind that, by gum, you are the root of all their problems, and they will uh, seek to destroy you. <laughs> and boy, have I been the target of that occasionally. Uh, people who speak the truth, uh, people who are strong, uh, a lot of people like to think it's arrogance, that it's, you know, they're, oh, they just think so highly of themselves. No, it's not about that at all. It's about living your best life while you still have the chance. Um, people out there will be punitive and mean-spirited, and um, there's lawyers out there all trying to capitalize on the fact uh, that we're becoming this mean-spirited, cruel, and uncompromising, and litigious, and punitive society. And um, <clears throat> frankly, every once in a while, I'll get this little like pang of fear, like, oh no, I've said too much. What if somebody tries to sue me for libel, <laughs> or something like that? And then I think, you know what? Free speech, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, we're allowed to speak the truth. We're allowed to speak truth to power. And um, there's always going to be somebody out there who doesn't understand us, uh, somebody who, who who's misguided, and those people, we cannot let those people uh, rule our society because that's what's happening in a lot of places. When you look at <clears throat> when you look at Fox News, we're not against conservatism. We're against lunacy. We're against lies. We're against people who are being radicalized. They get all riled up and then they take all their hateful views out into the world and they turn our society into chaos. So it's not about politics. It's about when you rile people up and get them all radicalized, they feel entitled. They feel like, oh, we got to fight. We got to fight. We got to fight against the liberals. We have to fight against, you know, you know, they think they're being persecuted. They think they're being persecuted religiously. They think they're being persecuted as white people. They think they're being persecuted because of this, 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 and this, and this. And I have to tell you, you're not being persecuted. Anybody who has a microphone uh, and has free speech is not being persecuted. I can assure you. <laughs> so when you see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Bobert or one of these weirdos, out there talking smack out there. It's not that we're against the right-wing conservative. Uh, we're not against conservatism. We're against <clears throat> we're against them becoming radicalized because they're losing their sense of balance. They're losing their sense of control. And what that does is it creates a society of chaos and people who don't have they don't have it in them to understand where the line is. And when people don't know where the line is, they become zealots. And zealots, frankly, whether it's religious zealots or political zealots, they become chaotic and they start thinking they have a higher opinion, that they have a greater right to exist than everybody else. And uh, they start thinking that, you know, frankly, that God is uh, protecting them and they're on this spiritual mission to, you know, do all these crazy things. And so while, while passion is a good thing, zealotry is not and we have to be careful because people out there <clears throat> some people just have the wrong ideas and they will want to uh, hurt you and they want to devalue you so we have to 
be strong in a society uh, that is growing uh, just too big and too insane and too, it's a juggernaut out there, you guys. So just be careful of people out there who are punitive and, um, you know, frankly, uh, we, that's why we have to be strong because there's going to be people out there who have the wrong idea about us and will try to um, hurt us, harm us, destroy us. And, uh, you know, we have to be stronger than that, frankly. So just remember that when you see a society that's becoming punitive, the only way we're going to change that is by being above that. We have to be above the fray. We have to be kind and sensible. And we have to show people the right way through example. And that's what it's all about, you guys. Okay, getting back to transitioning out of old ways, change is hard and sometimes takes a few tries. Um, change is incremental, and acknowledging incremental change is, is the best way of not losing hope because you start, like I said, look for the healers. Look for the carers. Look for those who are helping. Look for the positive news out there. Look for those who are trying to create better wages a better society and and a kinder, gentler, uh, you know, discourse in our culture and society. Because, and and that sometimes that means religion too. And that's why I I don't hate religion. There's nothing wrong with good old fasting, fashion Christianity or good old fashioned, you know, Muslim or whatever you are. Just so long as it's not turning into some form of zealotry, because when they get riled up. Um, immature, hateful people uh, get riled up and then they start using Christianity or religion as a political or socioeconomic uh, wedge and and that becomes a um, uh, their shield, if you will, uh, that justifies all their sh- shitty behavior. And I'm sorry, but if you're a Christian, you're supposed to turn the other cheek and you're supposed to love thy neighbor and love thy brother and sister, um, <clears throat> so I just find their hypocrisy a little bit too much to stomach, so I have nothing against religion. It has to do with uh, hate, don't hate the player, hate the game, they say. In this case, don't hate religion, hate those who don't understand how to create religion properly. They are not to be idolized. They are not to be um, celebrated. People uh, will use religion as a as a uh, you know, it's like they said, um, what did they say? Uh, Jesus said, um, uh, I will be your stumbling block. And what he means by that is that <clears throat> using uh, religion, using uh, religious iconography to justify a, a cause that is inherently hateful or spiteful, um, it's hypocritical. And people will do it. And they don't often have the presence of mind or the self-awareness to know when they're in the wrong. And so all I would say is, is um, if you're a Christian or you're just a good-hearted person, um, try not to give in to hate. Try not to give in to those hateful, spiteful mentalities out there. We are getting too spiteful, and we need to uh, teach through example, okay? All right. Um, <clears throat> okay, forgive and forgetting. Uh, at the end of the day, you guys, I get bent out of shape all the time. We all do. I mean, shoot. People can be so darn rude and so darn mean. Uh, like today with Rebecca. That guy, Adam, was, uh, you know, he crossed the line. 
He crossed the line of goodness and decency. He crossed the line of how a person should behave at work. And because he's given a position of authority, we don't feel like we're empowered to uh, protect ourselves from that. And so uh, she got upset and she started getting frustrated and she didn't know what to do with her pent up energy. And so she called me. And so, you know, at one point I'm like, you know, I'll come down and kick his ass. But at the end of the day, we know that's not what's going to happen. We know that that's just frustration and that's just anger. That's just, that's just, you know, thinking, thinking. And that's what we do. We get frustrated and then we, 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 we have to compose ourselves and find out, okay, what's the best way to do this and handle this? And so I told her, you know, do, you know, write up a formal complaint on him. When he sees that people aren't going to tolerate his bullshit, uh, perhaps it'll modify his behavior. Um, because when you just talk, talk is cheap and um, people tend to forget and then they'll go back to their instincts, which is to mistreat people. So uh, perhaps a formal uh, complaint might <clears throat> change and modify his behavior and make him think twice the next time he wants to act out. So there you have it. Um, so forgiving and forgetting. Uh, you guys, uh, I've been screwed over hundreds and hundreds of times in my life. And if I let every uh, two-bit hood uh, mess with my self-esteem, if I have let every critic and cynic uh, make me feel like I'm not worthy, uh, boy, I would just be, a, I would have rolled into a ball years ago and I would have never came out of my shell. Um, no, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you guys know your worth, know your value. Um, but to do that, you have to have internal wisdom, an internal sense of calm, and an internal sense of right and wrong. And uh, while it might, you know, your your gut reaction is to freak out in the moment, um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, the only way you can grow as a person is to forgive. You cannot turn the page in life unless you forgive. And the only way to forgive is to forget. So in other words, if someone's done you wrong, so long as they've made amends, uh, you can forgive that person. If they haven't made amends, uh, you know, you have to reconcile with that in your own way. But at the end of the day, you have to forget about it. You have to drop it. You know, yesterday's yesterday and tomorrow's tomorrow. So keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on what you're doing. Keep your eye on your classy and mature mentalities. And never mind those guys down there because those people, like I said, general population is the lowest common denominator of class, intelligence, and dignity. And you guys, my empath tribe, you're better than that. You're smarter than that. You're classier than that. You, you live your life with class, grace, and dignity. And so you do not have to get down in the muck and the mire. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's like they say, you know, you don't have to uh, root around in the mud and the blood and the beer. Uh, like Johnny Cash said, uh, with the, all the uh, other pigs. Uh, I think there's a Soundgarden song there, but uh, it's escaping me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you don't have to put yourself down to that level. Stay at your level. Force people to rise up to your level and never uh, pander down to the other people's level. Uh, they will always try to get you down to their level. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Stay it. Stay classy. Okay, so I have here uh, hardening your heart without hardening your life or how you treat yourself and others. So at the end of the day, the only way to turn the page, you guys, and to make uh, reparations in your life and to to change and, and to have lasting change in who you are and how you think uh, really uh, depends on um, 
how to uh, take all that hateful stuff and, and not let it harden your heart. You know, and I know it's easier said than done uh, because we all have to harden ourselves to a certain extent. We all need to have a crocodile skin. Like I said in a previous episode, we have to have a thick skin uh, to protect that soft, ooey gooey, caring center of us. And especially empaths, especially introverts, especially our creative types. We are very, very sensitive. And so it, it can get exceedingly easy to let the harshness of the world uh, defeat us. Uh, so I would recommend highly, you guys, uh, when you're hardening and cal- putting calluses on your heart, if you will, to not let it harden your life and not harden how you treat others or yourself. Um, the one thing I cannot stand about conservatism is that conservatives feel the need to um, mistreat people. Oh, well, you're lazy. You're a moocher. You don't work hard. You're this. You're that. Notice all the people, like my friend, he'll go out on unemployment, but then he'll judge and criticize others for being on unemployment. Or he'll go on food stamps, and then he'll judge and criticize others for being on food stamps. So at the end of the day, glass houses, motherfuckers. If you live in a glass house, don't be throwing bricks. Don't be throwing stones, you know. But hardship and inequality, you guys for the most part, is a man-made construct. Think about it. We could solve all of our world's problems if we had the right legislation, the right legislators, and the right attitudes in our politics and in capitalism. We could solve all the injustice and inequality. It's man-made. It is there to perpetuate the status quo, which is the wealth and functionality for the wealthy, and for the dysfunction of the working class, okay? And that doesn't mean I'm bitter. That doesn't mean I'm jaded. It just means, you guys, hardship and inequality is a man-made thing. It is artificial. We could solve all of our problems tomorrow, you guys. And I'll give you a perfect example. Back in 2008, uh, there was a housing bubble that collapsed, It was not the fault of Obama, but they tried to blame it on Obama because he was inheriting this giant recession caused by the mishandling of many factors. But um, uh, George Bush was trying to put out these stimulus checks of three to six hundred dollars to to offset people's, uh, you know, because he was trying to stave off this uh, collapse so it wouldn't happen on his watch. And then at the end of the day, Obama inherited this problem, and then everybody then thought, oh, it was Obama's thing. He did it. No, it wasn't, you guys. It happened long before Obama came around. Um, But the point I'm making, if I remember, (laughs) the, the thing is, is that we were hemorrhaging hundreds of thousands of jobs daily, man. It just, it collapsed, and it created a domino effect, and, um... What that did was create a massive, massive joblessness in a time where uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, political upheaval, you know. And um, we, a lot of people said, oh, fuck, fuck the automotive industry and fuck all these rich people. Let them, let them suffer. And I kind of agreed with that at the time, you know, I was like, why should we, 
you know, because what happened was is that we did the I think Obama tried to do the best thing. And, and thank goodness he did salvage the automotive industry, because I think uh, having American innovation is is key in creating jobs and, and growth. Um, but at the end of the day, um, what was my point? <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day is that um, we 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 he had to slowly build up our economy. And then by the time Trump came around, he took credit for everything that was done and tried to take all the credit for how well the economy was doing. And um, I'm not trying to say this to be, you know, political. It's just hardship and inequality is man-made. And I know that because of this. I mean, number one, look at our economy today. We are uh, finally seeing uh, corporate America acquiesce to better jobs and better pay and better treatment because... Frankly, we're all like, you know what? Uh, we got used to staying home during COVID and we don't want to come back to these shitty jobs until you change the environment, change the culture. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the culture of corporate jobs. We're trying to create uh, better jobs, better cultures, better mentalities and better attitudes. That doesn't mean that we, you know, uh, don't still when we've done wrong, we should admit it, you know, but at the end of the day, most people are, are treated as if they're inherently bad and inherently wrong rather than inherently good. And that is a problem. Positive reinforcement, you guys. But to get to my point, uh, hard, uh, hardship and inequality. We went through this giant recession and that's what got me going into the EMS Academy. That's what got me doing all these new things. Uh, but, at the end of the day, we like to beat ourselves up. Oh, we didn't work hard enough. We didn't try hard enough, blah, blah, blah. You guys, you know, I think we're all trying. We're all trying to better ourselves. We're all trying to work hard. Uh, at the end of the day, do not let prevailing attitudes in society tell you that you're not working hard enough or you're not trying enough unless you really aren't. And then if you aren't, own it, you know. There's no shame in that. That's a, that's a part of the growth and maturity process. But but that is a completely man-made pro, uh, pro, product. We oh oh, and the point I was going to make is that uh, there was a time where they were saying that we could artificially and stimulate this economy by literally because we were out millions of dollars by this point, you guys, millions of jobs. The bubble had popped. It had burst. It was hemorrhaging jobs. It was hemorrhaging money. Things were running amok in Wall Street. Things were running amok everywhere. And it created this giant domino effect. And I read a statistic that they could pay every American citizen a million dollars that would still be less money than uh, solving it the old-fashioned way, which is to prop up all the companies and all the places that had hemorrhaged. In other words, it would have been more profitable to make everybody in America a a millionaire than to uh, simply uh, fix all the problems inherent in our capitalist structure that are, uh, you know, uh, creating all these problems in the first place. Because that's what's happening. Wall Street and all the speculators and all the 
Wall Street, you know, my friend, uh, the chiropractor, he's into uh, stocks and trading. And there are literally companies and people involved in uh, purposefully uh, trying to tank corporations uh, simply because they can so they can make a profit off of it. It's happening with Toys R Us. It's happening with AMC theaters. And it's happening all over the place. And this is a artificial uh, thing. It's a man-made construct where you can take and you can make all these things happen simply by manipulating the markets. And so what I'm saying is that if we want our uh, world and culture to improve, we have to force it to improve and step up to its values, step up to our values. Because when we play by their rules, they continually perpetuate doing the wrong thing. So just think about it, though. We could have literally had a million dollars in our pocket and it would have cost them less money than had they um, simply uh, did what they did, which is uh, give millions of dollars to GM, give millions of dollars to all these hedge fund managers and all these golden parachutes that went out to all these corporate execs who lost their jobs during the economic crisis and they were given access to these millions of dollars that they were able to pay their CEOs tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, who, in essence, they were responsible for manipulating the markets to create this bubble in the first place. So we rewarded them with these, uh, you know, golden parachutes, which, which is a term used as <clears throat> lots and lots of money that are given to these people uh, as they exit their job. Unbelievable. Uh, but anyways, that statistic really stuck with me. Uh, it was a long time ago, and I don't know all the details, and uh, I don't know the uh, truth or validity to it all, but but I believe it to be true. I mean, think about it. We pay taxes on a country, hundreds and hundreds of millions, billions of dollars given to the treasury, and then they get to pick and choose what it goes to. And so at the end of the day, we're not trying to radicalize a movement. We're not trying to create a movement of radicals. We're trying to get our tax dollars to work for us again. Because when they don't, it all goes to things that we don't want it to go to. Why should my tax dollars, my hard-earned income, go to uh, making Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema millionaires? Fuck a bunch of that, you know. So at the end of the day, if we don't stand up, nobody will. And they'll continually, our society will just get worse and worse. So it's not about being radical. It's not about being extreme. It's about stepping up into the moment and having the uh, civic responsibility to do what's right, not as liberals, not as conservative, but as American or, and in, in, in depending on your country, as citizens of this earth, you know. And then I've got written here a couple more things, and then we'll be done. But um, I've got here, I want to end with this one because it's the one that's most important to me. Um, but um, I've got here fighting for old friendships. Um, I've told you about some of the falling outs of my life and how most of those could have been avoided with a little bit of maturity and understanding. Um, at the end of the day, sometimes we lose friends, frankly, because our friends lose their fucking mind. <laughs> Sorry to say that. But at the end of the day, you guys, we cannot control how others think and feel. We cannot control what others do with their life. And at the end of the day, uh, sometimes friendships are worth fighting for. Um, today, I 
I messaged, I texted my good chiropractor buddy, and I told him, I know we had a falling out, but I want to fight for this friendship. And I know it's not the easy way because it takes character. It takes character to do the right thing. When things get awkward between friends, especially when there's a falling out, it takes a a special amount of strength and character and willpower to force ourselves through that awkwardness and arrive at a place of legitimate ease. Because, you know, when you're talking to someone that you don't, maybe you haven't talked to them in a long while, or maybe uh, you, you still have some issues with them or uh, perhaps uh, they've fucked you over and you're not quite over it all yet. Um, it can be exceedingly easy to let go of certain friendships. And while we probably should let go of certain friendships that just aren't going anywhere, that don't serve our betterment, um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to save a friendship that's over 30 years old. And so it matters to me. And so I just told them, you know, I'm fighting for this friendship. Uh, if you reach your hand out to me, uh, you will find my hand there for you. So um, fighting for friendships, I-, I think it depends on how long you've been friends, how close you were. But at the end of the day, you guys, um, if you lose every single fucking friend you have, but you're doing it because you're being yourself, because there's going to be a lot of times, you guys, where you're going to lose friendships simply because you're empowering yourself. I cannot tell you the number of people who have disappeared on me because I grew the, the, the strength and the determination to come here and, and do a podcast for you. And, and people, they get jealous, they get petty. Um, and not everybody, of course, but some people just don't have it in them. And so they grow petty and they grow jealous and insecure and, uh, they disappear on you. And that's where you find out who your real friends are. Uh, and so <clears throat> when you find who your real friends are, uh, those friendships are worth fighting for, but for everybody else, don't worry about it, man. I don't care if I lose every single friend I have, if it means staying true to my values, staying true to what I'm doing. I'm trying to improve myself and better myself to become the best me I can be. If that offends one of my friends, that's just tough shit for them. <laughs> because a lot of times I think you guys, <clears throat> at the end of the day, People get insecure. They get petty. They get jealous. And all these little petty grievances uh, crop up because they see you doing something powerful. They see you doing something free. They see you doing something good for yourself. And sometimes, you know, some people only like us when we're down. Some people only like us when we're depressed. Some people only like us when we're, quote unquote, put in our place. And so I would say, empower yourself and be your truest self, and let yourself, your freedom flag, fly, and go off and and go be whatever it is you want to be, because this life is so short, and I would rather you fail uh, trying than to succeed at doing something you don't want to do. So that's what I think about that. Um, <clears throat> fighting for old friendships, yeah, just depends. Uh, okay, give yourself and each other a break. Oh, like I said, we're becoming too punitive as a society, you guys. So I don't have much to say on this other than uh, just give yourself a break. Give others a break. We have become so mean and cruel. Uh, we've lost our sense of humor. <clears throat> we've lost our uh, relaxed sensibilities. So yeah, just relax, you guys. You know, some people are just very uptight. And they're never going to loosen up. 
know those people, let them go. Let them go. Give yourself a break. Don't beat yourself out. If you've done something wrong, you've done something wrong yourself, or you've done something that you find is immoral or irreprehensible, make your amends. Do what's right, but um, don't put yourself in a, in a position of inferiority. Like I said, when you apologize, a lot of times when you apologize to people, especially if they did wrong too, don't be putting yourself in a position of an inferiority because a lot of times people get a big head about that and it puts them in a position to think they're morally superior to you. So don't do it. <clears throat> that doesn't mean you shouldn't apologize when you're in the wrong. It just means if you're not, or if there's a shared responsibility in something, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, know where the line is and make sure that they apologize too. Okay. Uh, the last thing I will leave you guys with is, uh, and I thought of this last night and I was talking to my wife and I, <clears throat> I wrote it down because it's important, but, uh, at the end of the day, have fun being who you are. Have fun being you. And so if you're a little bit nerdy, if you're a little bit shy, if you're a little bit whatever, please, you guys, have fun being you. And if that isn't tolerated at your job, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, there's a time and place for horseplay. There's a time and place to be silly and goofy. Um, but at the end of the day, if people aren't letting you be yourself, Dude, <clears throat> you have to create a life where you enjoy being yourself. And I always think of this. Do uh, you guys remember uh, the movie uh, Jackie Brown? <clears throat> remember where uh, Forrest Whitaker, or not Forrest Whitaker, what's his name? Robert Forrester. He played that uh, bail bond uh, bondsman. And he was talking about these uh, DEA agents, and he was like, you know, he's just having fun being an agent. He's just having fun doing his thing, being his thing. And if you appeal to his sensibilities, he will come around, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> That's what I think. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of flattery. Don't kiss people's ass, but a little bit of flattery will go a long way. Acknowledge other people's good traits. Um but at the end of the day, you guys, I mean, have fun being what you are, who you are. And that's where you're going to find your sense of humor. That's where you're going to find your, uh, your freedom. That's where you're going to let your freak flag fly. Because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, shoot, man, don't waste this time on this earth. Life is finite. Death is imminent. Do not waste your time on this earth as for as long as you can. Do not waste your time on this earth. That doesn't mean that occasionally we have to work jobs that we don't like. Sometimes we can use those jobs as launching pads, as lily pads to a better situation. Um, the way they're using you, use them back. But at the end of the day, please, if there's one thing you got to do is have fun being you. And what that means is sometimes if you're shy, Climb out of your shell. If you're frustrated, climb out of your shell of frustration and allow yourselves to vent. Allow yourselves to say what you need to say. Allow yourselves to be the person that you are inevitably at the end of the day. It's like, um, <clears throat> it's like a gay person. Uh, allow gay people to be flamboyant. 
That's who they are. That is their soul. When you oppress that, you are oppressing a part of their freedom. And that goes with you. You might have a silly heart, or maybe you have a really dark sense of humor, or maybe you have a real absurdist uh, sense of humor, and you get really kind of silly and goofy, and people think you're being immature. But what you're being is you're trying to let your, uh, you're trying to be a silly heart. You're trying to let the world uh, be a funner and more enjoyable place. Don't let go of that, you guys. We always tend to acquiesce to the most serious people in the world because they seem more credible. They seem more authoritative than us. They seem more serious and mature. But at the end of the day, being a tight ass is not maturity. Okay? So don't convince yourself that tight asses of the world all the Karens of the world, all the self-entitled self-importance of doctors and lawyers and police officers, don't let that self-importance scare you out of your self-importance. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, I get down all the time. I get down about uh, poverty, poverty wages. I get down about all the times that I've been mistreated, mishandled in jobs. I get tired of going to job interviews, dealing with all these fucking ingrates, all these people with all this self-importance. And you get tired of feeling like disempowered and it can make you crazy. It can make you angry. And that frustration can boil up and fester into something very negative, but it can also boil and fester into something very positive too. If We turn that into passion, and we turn that passion into something productive. And so while it might be, it might take a few tries for you to quit smoking or drinking, it might take you also a few tries to to get better at forgiving yourself or get better at forgiving others. Um, Some things we shouldn't forgive, but there's a lot of things that we can forgive. And at the end of the day, uh, we do not improve as people. We do not find our smile by clinging and hanging on to old grievances. So at the end of the day, what I would recommend you guys is to uh, try to live in the present, try to have a sense of humor, uh, try to let go of all the injustice and inequality. But yeah, fight for what you believe in. Um You know, we don't have to like everybody and everything in this world, and we're not going to. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's like for me, will I ever go back into regular corporate jobs? Well, right now I'm searching for part-time work to uh, subsidize what I'm doing because eventually I'd like this to grow into something that I do uh, full-time, and then this will grow into book writing, and this will grow into uh, being an instructor, an educator, a researcher, uh, an influencer, if you will. And so, uh, you know, I'd like to get into voice work and voice acting. I'd like to get into all kinds of things. I will never let my dreams die and let my dreams go. But yes, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, my finances permit that I got to go back out there into the world. And I'll be honest with you guys. I fucking hate going into job interviews because you either deal with some older guy who's got to stick up his ass and he has a very high opinion of his worth. Or you deal with young people who can't understand the concept 
of respecting their fucking elders. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's almost like if you try too hard, they think you're too serious. And if you, if you try too hard to be yourself, then they think you're too funny or jovial or you're not serious enough. It's like, you know, you can never make people happy. We live in a society of Karens, you guys. That's just plain truth. You are living in a society of Karens. White entitlement, wealth entitlement, Everybody feels justified. Nobody wants to hear or take advice from anybody anymore. And that's just the culture we're growing into, you guys. Now, maybe everybody's, you know, we're becoming a much more intelligent and self-aware society. So maybe they have a point. But like I said, be teachable, you guys, and be humble. Acknowledge when you make mistakes, but don't apologize unless you really have a really compelling reason to. Because at the end of the day, When you shift your energy and let others think that they're right, they're in the moral right and you're not, what you're doing is you're shifting the burden over to them. They are the ones now that have all the power to control and manipulate you. And unless you did something wrong and they did nothing wrong, that shouldn't be the situation. The situation is, you know, most situations it takes two to tango. And at the end of the day, acknowledge your part in something, but don't apologize until they're ready to apologize too. Because at the end of the day, you guys, like I said, the reason why I talk so much about this guy or that guy or that woman or that person over there is I'm using them as examples of all the hateful, uh, punitive people out there in our society. It is, you cannot get through this society without a backbone. You have to have a thick skin, but Sometimes like my, like with my wife you're in you're put in a position where somebody who has authority over you uh, is challenging you in a way and the only thing you can do is cry because you can't punch their lights out and um that's that's a reality you guys I've been put in that position dozens of times and um sometimes I handled it correctly and sometimes I got fired <laughs> because at the end of the day right is right and wrong is wrong but um I don't know. At the end of the day, you guys, try to have fun. And uh, if you're ever put in a position like that, do what's best. You know, count to 10. Think about the right way to handle a situation. And most times, you know, play by the rules. You know, that doesn't mean be a weakling. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, you know, acquiesce to their tyranny. It just means if there are certain procedures, don't jump the chain of command. Uh, if somebody's fucking with you at work, uh, you know, turn them in, write a formal complaint. You would be surprised how much that changes and modifies other people's behavior because they realize that you're willing to fight back. And when you fight back, it's like the first fight I ever got into. The first fight I ever got into, you guys, was two. Two of the first fights I got into as a child, uh, they were both friends of mine. And when they saw that I was willing to punch them back, they found a brand new respect for me. And I learned uh, when I moved from California uh, up to Northern California, uh, I got into t- all these tiffs with all these uh, cowboys and hicks. And because uh, they were making fun of me because I was the surfer guy and I was from the coast. And at the end of the day, I got into it with people. But as soon as they saw that I was willing to go there, they changed and modified their behavior so quick, you guys. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, violence is the answer no i'm saying be willing to fight 
be willing to stick up for yourself and be mature. The mature one always wins the argument. Always, always, always. And uh, I'll leave you with one last bit of advice. Um, I learned this in the military, but it served me well in all of my jobs is, you know how you look better than other people at a job? Uh, let others around you screw around. Let others around you define themselves by showing too much of their immaturity. When you compose yourself and stay quiet and stay humble and stay true to yourself, uh, others, are, it's not how good you are doing. It's how good you look by comparison to how they're acting up and how immature they're being. So if you want to stand out, you guys, and, and get ahead in this world, be the person that others can look up to. Be the person others say, oh, that person there. You know, because everyone else is goofing off and screwing around and you're just quietly minding your P's and Q's. You will get ahead from that, you guys, I promise you. So that's what I got. Um, you guys, we put so much expectation on the new year. It's so easy to get depressed after a big holiday. All our family goes away and all the presents are wrapped and what's left is a giant mess to clean up. And uh, it can it can be overwhelming to start a new year. So my biggest advice, you guys, is to mitigate your expectations. We do not live in a magical world, but our world is only as good as we make it. So, you know, believe in the power of positivity. Believe in the power of yourself. Believe in the power of uh, when you uh, your energy is positive, your energy is good, your energy is pure. Uh, that doesn't mean people won't still come around and fuck with you. It just means that uh, more times than not, people will value you and respect you for who you are. So at the end of the day, um, I hope you guys have a really good, happy new year. Uh, I am always trying to improve this show for you guys. I have got a bunch of things happening right now. I've got a Patreon page I'm putting up. I'm trying to build a YouTube channel for you guys to have videos and extras. <clears throat> and then I'm going to start a, a, a tier system on Patreon, my Empath Tribe. It'll cost you a cup of coffee. It's not going to be a lot, but I, I need you guys. I'm sorry, but I got to get paid. I've put hundreds and hundreds of dollars into this and it's time for daddy to get paid. So <laughs> I hope you don't mind that I, um, you know, humbly ask you guys for donations and uh, you'll get things in return. I promise you, I'm going to give you guys not only uh, my truest self, uh, you will get, you know, if I need to, you know, send you the shirt off my back, that's what I'll do. But I promise you guys, I will start giving you all kinds of content. There's going to be newsletters. There's going to be emails and flyers. There's going to be all kinds of things going on in the next months and weeks and years. And yeah, it's going to be so much fun. It's all about uh, preserving the dignity of empaths. It's about uh, researching the paranormal and trying to figure out what that's all about. Energy, intention. It's about do cryptids exist? Is Bigfoot real? And it's about mental health. Uh, I don't do this show with per perfect mental health, I do this show despite imperfect mental health. But what I try to leave you guys with is to show you that I'm just a regular guy and I'm not sugarcoating it. I am who I am. And I want that to come out in everything I say and everything I do. And I want you guys to see that regular people is where it's at. We don't have to be fake. 
We don't have to be phony. We don't have to be perfect. Be yourself, you guys, and you will earn the respect of those that you most want to earn the respect of. Fake people, hateful people, people that don't get it, people who demand perfection need not apply. They they will slough off like dead skin in your life and in my show. It's okay. We are here for empaths. We are here for the good ones. We are here for good, pure souls just trying their best. You guys, thank you so much for the wonderful year. We will be back next year. We've got, what, 10 more shows to do before uh, the season's over? We'll have, I think, 24 shows this season. And we've, uh, yeah, man, we're looking forward to doing more. Uh, we're going to be getting into some more paranormal stuff here soon for you guys. So uh, look for that. And we will see you next time, you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of my Empath Tribe. Thank you for following me. You can always reach us at Chef Bright Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can reach Rebecca at Spooky Nerdy Gal. Thanks, you guys, so very much. And, um, you know, forgive me for my imperfection. I will forgive you of yours. And you guys, remember, forgiveness is where it's at. Forgive and forget. We are becoming too harsh of a society. When when others won't lighten up, we tend to not lighten up. And then we all get uptight. We all get in each other's face. We all get mean toward each other. And it kind of perpetuates that cycle of hate. So be the bigger man. Be the bigger person. Be the bigger woman. And, uh, you know, uh, be the first to be uh, diplomatic. Be the first to grow. And I, I assure you, when you let loose and let go of all that uptight weirdness, they will too. And uh, energy is intention. And when your energy is fun, when your energy is pure, when your energy is uh, delightful, gosh darn it, <laughs> buy gum. <laughs> You will invite the right people in your life, and I promise you, you will achieve everything you want out of life, as I believe I will achieve everything I want out of life. I know some people don't get me. I know some people, the haters, were drinking their haterade, won't like me, but um, at the end of the day, I am here for you guys. I am here because I care deeply about you, and uh, yeah, we're going to create a better world together. We're going to create an empath tribe, and uh, it's going to be wonderful, you guys. Uh, look forward to more. Uh, look forward to my Patreon, my YouTube. Uh, look forward to, uh, I'm going to be starting an email uh, newsletter that's going to be compiled, all kinds of empath stuff, uh, cryptids and uh, paranormal stuff, and basically stuff for all of my freaks and geeks out there. Uh, yeah, man, I love you guys. Thank you for being yourself. Thank you for letting me, me be myself. And uh, thank you, uh, Rebecca, babe. You are the fucking best part of my life. Thank you, Idris, and thank you for the Sienicky and Smith families in uh, Oklahoma. You guys are now my family. You are so much closer to me. Uh, I can't believe how close we've, we got this year. Man, you are the absolute greatest. And uh, Laura, Ken, and Idris, and all the kids, and all the cats, you are all a part of my tribe, and I love you. And I love all of you guys. Thank you so much for a blessed year. Thank you so much for a good and positive time. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one, you guys. Love you. Bye-bye.